their foreheads. I want to deal with you from the topic, thy kingdom come again, and we're going to deal with our third portion in this. Father, we just thank you and we bless you now. We give you the glory, the honor, and the praise that as I speak, the Spirit of God hovers, moves, feels, and transforms. We thank you, Lord God, that as I testify out of my mouth that the Spirit of God would testify in men's hearts. We thank you for the transforming, regenerative power of the Holy Spirit of a mighty God to flow and blow in this house, flow like a river and blow like a wind. We bless you and we thank you right now, that though we know not how you come, we know you're coming. And we cannot see, Lord God, when you come, but we feel it. We just thank you for the divine glory of God to break any monotony, any unbelief, any hard-heartedness. I thank you that greater is he. That greater is he that is in me than he that opposes the hearing of your word. We bless you and thank you right now in the mighty name of Jesus. And God's people said amen. Now watch this. This is so, so key. Uh, Revelation chapter number 3. So, so key, so, so powerful. The Bible says something so um, profound in Revelation chapter 7, verse number 3. It says that there was an angel that the Lord sent down from the east, and he commands the four angels standing at the four winds of the earth, saying unto them, Hurt not the earth, neither the sea, nor the trees, till we have sealed the servants of God in their foreheads, till we have marked... That word means marked, like marked like a signet, till we have marked the servants of God in their forehead. People of God, it's so important that we understand that God wants to and will mark those that belong to him. God wants to and will mark those that belong to him. Please hear me closely. There is a divine mark that he marks us with as a testimony to the world around us that we belong to him. Amen. One of the main reasons, please hear me, why I believe much of the church has strayed away from a before the throne lifestyle and replaced it with an hour Bible study and a two hour church service is because we have uh, now um, mistaken or excuse me, we have acknowledged the fact that God does mark the believer, but we have mistaken where he marks us. Now, the father does not mark us on our hands. I'm going to say that again. The Father does not mark us on our hands. The Father does not mark us on our feet. The Father marks us on our forehead. Now, I'm going to say that again, and I'm going to help you understand why. The Father does not mark us on our hands, but the, the, the church uh, has strayed and believes that the Father marks us on our hands. In other words, we're validated as belonging to God by what we possess with our hands. When we are blessed and we have this and we have that, that's the mark that we belong to God. But the problem is the Father doesn't mark us on our hands, nor does he mark us on our feet. In other words, the mark of God has nothing to do with where God has taken you. He's taking you to the nations. He's taking you. He's taking you to this. You're going to be visible. You're going to go here. He does not mark us on our hands. He does not mark us on our feet. The, uh, the Father marks us on our forehead. Amen. And so the seal of God, amen, 
is a mark on our mind. God, I need to help y'all understand this. The seal of God is a mark on our mind. The seal of God is in his servant's forehead. It is a mind mark. Everybody say mind mark. It is a mind mark. So he doesn't mark us by what he's going to give us. So we cannot validate belonging to God by what we get in our hands, even from God. Please hear me. He doesn't mark us by where he's taken us. We cannot validate whether or not that because we've went to great places that we belong to God. But by what we keep our mind stayed on. The mark of God is a mind set. God. It's when your mind is set. It's, oh, glory. It's when your mind is set on one thing. Seal the servants of God in their forehead. How in the world do you know, do I know that I am marked? You can't take your mind off of him. Please hear what I'm saying. That's when you know you're marked. What, what, glory be to God. When you wake up in the morning and you're thinking about how good he is. When you're working at your job and you're meditating on the word and what you heard God say and it's bubbling up inside of your belly while you're at the grocery store and reaching for the milk something wants in you wants to say glory to God it ain't about you being able to pull out a thousand dollars it's about whether I got a thousand or five my mind is stayed on him when I'm marked by the Father, Jesus has taken my mind completely captive. And he led captivity captive, y'all ain't hearing me, and, and give gifts unto men. Right? My mind stays on him not by, not by works, but because I've been marked. Some people, I just want to focus, you, you can try all day you want to and, and give all your willpower to try to keep your mind on God. It is not something we do by will. It is not something we do by effort. It's something, it is a divine mark that God places on the servants of God. And I'll deal with that just a little bit later. So now, this is the key in that. Why is it so powerful to understand that the mark of the believer that belongs to God is God stays on the front of their mind? He's always on the forefront of their thoughts. He's always on the forefront of their desires. He's always on the forefront of what they're seeking. He's always on the forefront of what they want to accomplish. Why is that the mark? Because of the power of the front of your mind. Amen. Whatever stays on the front of my mind, I stay in front of. I need y'all to get this principle if you don't get anything else. I'm going to say it again, and I promise it to make sense. Whatever stays on the front of my mind, I stay in front of. Our mind can carries the capacity to put us in a place spiritually, mentally, and emotionally that we are not in physically. I'm going to say that again. Whatever stays on the front of my mind, I stay in front of. Our mind carries the capacity to put us in a place spiritually, psychologically, and emotionally that we are not in physically. Come on. I'm going to give you an example. I can think about something bad that almost happened to one of my children. Come on. A close call 
call. And as that close call is on the front of my mind, even though it is already passed, it puts me back in front of that situation. And as I begin to think about how they almost got hit by that car, all the fear rises back up, all the, all the nervousness, all the emotions of I can't believe. And before I know it, my baby's at school, but I'm worried about their safety. They're just in the backyard and I'm worried about them being hurt. Why? Because what was on the front of my mind brought me back in front of what was on the front of my mind emotionally, psychologically, and mentally. Whatever stays on the front of my mind, I stay in front of. Everybody following what I'm saying? If something someone said or did was funny to me, come on, I'm talking about it made me crack up all on the inside. It could be three weeks later and I'm sitting in class and it's quiet and when that thing they said or did comes to the front of my mind I bust out laughing oh glory be to God like they just were there and said it to me because what was at the front of my mind put me in front of it emotionally psychologically and spiritually amen even though I'm not there physically why I need y'all to get this principle because whatever stays on the forefront of our mind we stay in front of our mind carries the capacity to put us in places spiritually, psychologically, and emotionally that we are not in physically. Glory be to God. Can I help you understand why that's so powerful? Seal the servants of God. Mark the servants of God in their forehead. God says, place me, my throne, and my presence on the forefront of their minds. Y'all hear what I just said? He said, place me, my throne, and my presence on the forefront of their mind because what's stays on the front of their mind they can stay in front of spiritually psychologically and mentally and emotionally even when they're not before my throne physically because their throne is before my mind they stay before my throne I'm talking about recovering a before the throne lifestyle but I help I need you to understand right now that has everything to do to be spiritually minded because to be carnally minded is death but to be spiritually minded is life and peace the mark on the mind is a spiritual mind amen so he says put me on the forefront of their mind so they can stay before me because whatever stays on the front of their mind they stay in front of glory be to God have you ever been amen tired and you thought about what you was going to be doing in three hours and you got energy because what you put on the front of your mind while you were working you you thought about how you was going to relax where you was going amen you then now got in front of it because it was on the front of your mind and even though you're not there yet you're experiencing all the things of being there because what stays on the front of your mind you so Keeping him before my mind keeps me before the throne. God, I'm trying to help y'all understand before the throne lifestyle. I'm going to say that again. Keeping him before my mind keeps him, keeps me before the throne. This is the key to recovering our calling to the before the throne lifestyle. We must move out of the backslid and focus on what God is giving us and where God is taking us back to the kingdom request of asking God to lay siege to our mind. That's what God wants to do. I want you to love me with all of your heart. Y'all hear me? All of your mind. 
soul, and strength. Our earnest prayer must become God mark our foreheads. God write your name on the forefront of our thoughts. God take captivity of our minds that we may keep you on the front of our minds and therefore live life before you at all times. When he's ever before my mind, I'm ever before the throne. Glory be to God. I ain't, I'm talking about when I'm in trial, I'm still before the throne. I'm talking about when it's good, I'm still before the throne. I'm talking about when it's bad, I'm still before the throne. Why? Why, why, why? Because he marked my forehead and what stays on the front of my mind, I stay in f- I'm trying to help you understand the power before the throne lifestyle. So the entirety, listen to this, so the entirety of my life becomes a throne room experience because he stays on the front of my mind, I always stay in front of him. So going to the grocery store becomes a throne room experience because while I'm buying the eggs, he's on the front of my mind. Oh, y'all hear what I'm saying? So going to work becomes a throne room experience because while I'm turning in the report, he's on the front of my mind. Can I take it a step further. So when I'm going through a trial, it's still a throne room experience because while I'm walking through the valley of the shadow of death, he's still on the front of my mind. I need somebody in here that... Understands that we don't worship at a well. We don't worship in a mountain, but we worship in spirit. We worship in spirit and in truth. God has given us the keys to recover our before the throne lifestyle. I need y'all to understand that life must be different after we finish what we're doing right now. That will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This kingdom series is not a series just to get us to clap and to death. But no, no, no. God said by the time this is over, I want you marked. I'm just trying to help you understand what the Lord told me. This ain't about us getting excited. This ain't about a nice meeting. God said, no, I'm sending the angel with the inkhorn. I'm sending the angel with the inkhorn to 109 Langston Road, and I got a marks. You got to leave here marked. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. This is the question. What happens in the throne room? Come on, I wonder if there's anybody that's been tracking us in Revelation 4 and Revelation 5. What happens in the throne room? You see and you hear lightnings, thunders, and voices. What happens in the throne room? You experience angelic activity. What happens in the throne room? You witness God on his throne shining like a jasper and sardine stone. What happens in the throne room? The book is open to you. What happens in the throne room? You're always surrounded by perpetual presence. Uh, that, but uh, he's now on the front of your mind. So, so that's your experience in the grocery store. Your experience in the grocery store is lightning, thunders, and voices. Your experience in the oh glory is angelic activity. Your experience in the grocery store is opening of the book. Now I'm reading the book without opening the book because the book got in my heart and I'm before the throne at all. I'm trying to help you recover before the throne lifestyle. 
Now I'm on the way to work experiencing lightning, thunders, and woe. Glory be to God. Now I'm going to the bathroom experiencing angelic activity. Now I'm walking through the grocery store and I'm hearing the voice of God. Now I'm riding down the street and I feel the presence of angels riding in the car with me. It's called before the throne. Whatever stays on the front of your mind, you stay in. So mark the, the servants of God in there. Mark the servants of God in their forehead. Because our mind carries the capacity to put us in a place spiritually, psychologically, and emotionally that we are not in physically. We must understand, please hear me. And I, got, I have to reiterate this, and I have to reconnect this to where we've already been. We must understand that keeping our mind stayed on Jesus cannot be done by an act of will. It cannot be done by the flesh. It cannot be done by your religious training of your flesh. But it is a divine mark of the Spirit. Keeping God on the forefront of our minds requires being marked by the divine. God in this season is coming through to mark us with the divine. Glory be to God. Please hear what I'm saying. This goes back to something that we've already talked about. See, we're talking about foreheads right now. Well, we can't talk about foreheads without talking about being foreknown. God Almighty. I'm trying to help you understand that all this connects. For those who foreknew did he predestined to be conformed into the image of his son. That means he knew me before I was formed in my mother's womb. If he foreknew me, he forenamed me. Y'all hear what I'm saying? In other words, I had a name before my mom and daddy gave me a name and before the world told me I was shorty, player, boo-boo, chunky. And so after the world names me, God calls me by my name and it's a name that I have never went by called sinless. It's a name I've never went by called holy. It's a name I've never went by called pure. It's a name I've never went by called victorious. It, and if I'm willing to answer it, those who he foreknew, he forenamed. And if you answer to your name, he's going to write on your forehead. Those he foreknew, he forenamed, and they can be written on their forehead. The key is this. Think about how crazy it sounds in the world we live in. All these distractions, all these temptations. Ain't no way you can keep your mind in Jesus at all times. That's because you don't know your name. So you can't be written on your forehead. You don't know your forename, therefore you can't be written on your forehead and understand it is possible when you're marked by the king. I promise you the king can do something to you that YouTube cannot do to you. I promise the king can do something to you that Facebook cannot do to you. I promise the king can do to you something bike we can't do for you. can do something to you that movies can't do to you. He can do something to you that hanging out can't do for My God, it's called a divine mark. What happens when I'm in earth marked by something not of earth? It's a divine mark. But 
you won't even receive it unless you know you got a foreign name. Because I like to do this, I like to do that. No, you don't know who you are and what you love until you answer to his name for you. Amen. So watch this. Before the throne, lifestyle sounds foolish to those who have not answered the call to the election of grace. The call is the name. He calls you by name. If you've never answered the call to the election of grace, ain't nobody being no grocery store blessing Jesus. Anybody, everybody got they, they trials, their struggles. We all get mad sometimes. We want to fuss. We just want to complain. Can't nobody just bless the Lord at all times. That's because you don't know your name. Amen. So obviously you're not marked on your forehead. Because, see, when you're marked on your forehead, there are times you may even feel like complaining. God Almighty. There are times, oh, glory. There are times where you may feel like, man, this ain't looking good. Should I turn around and something on your head, yes, something, something on your head kicks in and says, I shall live and not die to declare the works of us. Something in your head says, He will not put more on me than I can bear. I'm going to make it through this. Oh, something kicks in, man. When you're marked, you can't help it. You're, you're, when you're marked, you're not Superman. You ain't better than nobody. You ain't stronger than nobody. You got marked. You ain't got more willpower than nobody. You just got marked. Watch this. God, I thank God that I'm marked. I thank God that I'm marked. I want you to know that the assignment that I have today is open a gate to a to a angel with an ink horn tonight to access this house and mark the people of God on their foreheads to have him on the forefront of your mind. So when you're going through the financial struggle, you'll still do it before the throne. When you're going through the marital issue, you'll still do it before the throne. When the doctor tells you you have a sickness that cannot be healed, you... Because what stays in the front of your mind, you remain in front. How could you laugh when you should be crying? Because what the doctor told me ain't on the front of my mind. God Almighty, he is. Tell your neighbor, it's time for us to be marked. I need to share this with you, and it's so, so key. The church is losing in the area of warfare because we don't understand the depth of thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Get this. Heaven is not defeating the devil by focusing on the devil. Heaven has defeated the devil by never taking its focus off of the throne. I'm going I'm to I'm say that again. Heaven is not defeating the devil by focusing on the devil. Heaven has defeated the devil by never taking his focus off the throne and the presence of the one who sits on that throne. I need to deal with you right now, and I got to share this and revisit it because I've taught it before, but right now is the most important time that I reteach it. I need to deal with you about fourth dimension warfare. The spiritual realm is a realm of the fourth dimension. 
And if you don't understand the realm of the fourth dimension, you'll try to fight, you'll try to face the devil instead of seek the face of God. Because you don't understand how his face works. And so I got to deal with fourth dimension warfare. I got to go back to this to help us to understand uh, what, what, what God is doing. Go to Ezekiel chapter number one. Glory to the name of Jesus. God, we bless you today. Come on, we bless you today. How do you keep going, man? I've been marked. I cannot help it. Why aren't you thinking about that? Why does that worry? I've been marked. I can't help. Riban Sunday. Ezekiel chapter 1, verse number 4. Look at this. This is when Ezekiel, he's been, he's taken captive with the Babylonian captives. He's by the river Chabar and he receives a vision of heaven. God gives him a vision, but God is trying to give him a revelation about the spirit realm, which is the realm of the fourth dimension. It is life in the fourth dimension. And I'm going to share with you why, how and why right now. Ezekiel chapter one, verse number four, look at it reads. It's so, so powerful. It says, and I looked and behold, a whirlwind came out of the north, a great cloud and a fire enfolding itself and a brightness was about it and out of the midst thereof as the color of amber out of the midst of the fire number five also out of the midst thereof came the likeness of everybody say four four living creatures and this was their appearance they had the likeness of a man glory be to God verse number six and every one of them had four faces everybody say four and every one of them had four wings everybody say four and their feet were straight feet, and the sole of their feet was like the sole of calf's foot, and they sparkled like the color of burnished brass. And they had the hands of a man under their wings and on their four sides. Everybody say four. And they four, everybody say four, had their faces and their wings. Their wings were joined to another. They turned not when they went. They went everyone straight forward. They could never turn. They could only go straight and they could only go forward. Everybody following what I'm saying? As for the likeness of their faces, the four, everybody say four. The four had the face of a man and the face of a lion on the right side, and the four had the face of an ox on the left side. They also four had the face of an angel. Thus were their faces, and their wings were stretched upward. Two wings, everyone were joined one to another, and two covered their bodies. And they went, everyone straight forward, whither the spirit was to go, they went, and they turned not when they went. This now gives us, number one, amen, a peek into the fourth dimension. It gives us a peek into spiritual reality and spiritual life and it also gives us the revelation of the life that we're called to. But it all, but first and foremost we got to understand that it gives us a revelation of Christ. Now watch this. The Bible says, everybody say fourth dimension. The Bible says that there were four living creatures with four faces, with four wings moving on four sides. They were in the likeness of a man, and no matter what direction they moved, they only went straight forward. It was impossible for them to go backward. It was impossible for them to go sideward. Come here, um, Jarvis. Come here, uh, uh, Edward. Come here. Glory be to God. I need two more men. Come here, um, 
Tay, come here. Come here, Denitra. Come on, quickly, quickly, quickly. I want to show you the picture of what this is and why we must recover thy kingdom come. Glory be to God. The Bible says this about these angels, which give us a re reflection of the nature of spirit because they only did what the spirit did. They, th th it's the nature of spirit. I need y'all to all turn your back to one another. One of you facing north, south, east, and west from one another. Each one facing each way. And I need you to lock arms backwards. Each one of these angels had four faces. One, two, three, four. On all four sides. Amen. And it's a revelation of God. Because even when I go to the right side of God, I'm still facing him. When I go behind God, guess what? I'm still facing him. When I go on the left side of God, I'm still facing him. No matter which way they go, they can never go backwards. So if the devil attacks this angel this way, go move, move, y'all move. He's still going forward that way. Y'all hear what I'm saying? If the devil attacks uh, this angel this way, he's not moving backwards. He's still going forward that way. If the devil tries to knock him backward this way, he's still moving forward this way. There's no way to defeat him because every way you look at him, you got to face him. He has a face on every, oh God. He has a face on every side. Now watch this. This is what God says we are to do. He says, you, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You are to seek my face. And while you're focusing on my face, I need an enemy to come. Come on down. Come on. While you're focusing on my face, I will face your enemy at the same time. Oh, glory be to God. Don't you worry about your enemy. Just stand on that side. You just keep your eyes on my face. And while you keep your eyes on my face, I am going to make your enemies your footstool because I'm bad enough to face him and you at the same time. I'm bad enough to bless you and bind him. I'm bad enough to take your worship and cast him out. I'm bad enough to heal hear your praise and then bind his power at the same time because you face me and while you're facing me I face your enemy because no matter how you come at me you still got to face me so so oh, glory be to God so that means God is all face God, Moses asked God, show me your face. He said, I can't because you're in the third dimension. I can't show you my face because that's fourth dimension reality. That could only be to God. Amen. The Bible declares that no matter which way they went, they can only go forward. So the devil turned around, he said, dog, they still went forward. Let me knock them back this way. Dog, they still went forward. Let me knock them to the side. Dog, they still went forward. Let me spin them around. Let me hit them now. Dog, they still went forward. 
there's a glory because every there is no side there is just face everybody so now if it's nothing but face why would I try to face my enemy instead of seek the face of God what is the point of me trying to face my enemy when if I seek his face he's gonna face my enemy now, come on enemy come right here my enemy is right on the right side of me I can feel him he's trying to creep back on me the bondage is trying to creep back on me the the, 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 the addiction is trying to creep back on me but God said don't you dare look at that addiction don't you dare look at what's trying to creep on you you face me but God I feel him right beside me but son I ain't got no size on your side is my face and so while you're worshiping me here I'm gonna face that addiction right there and as you continue to seek my face it's gonna be a face-off between me and that addiction and I and the God of peace shall crush Satan under your feet shortly I need somebody that have made up their mind I will bless the Lord at all times and his praise shall There's nothing to do but face God. There's nothing to do but worship him. There's nothing to die will be done on earth as it is in. I need somebody to bless him right now that thought your stress had enough authority and you gave your stress too much. You overrated your stress and thought you wouldn't be able to tap in today. You overrated that circumstance and thought you could not bless God. I need somebody to say, I will seek your face. So God says, while you face me, I'll face it. But if you face it, you'll stop. How many times have we went on tangents trying to bind the devil when we could have just submitted to God? Thy will be done on earth. as How many tongues have we spoke on to try to get the devil off of us instead of just facing God? And do you know the devil knew he couldn't destroy you? He just wanted to distract you because he understands the moment you get out of alignment with heaven on earth that you no longer have heaven's backing on what you're doing so you can spit and speak in tongues all night long and you still feel the weight of the pressure. You still call it a season where you are struggling in the spirit. You ain't struggling in the spirit. There's only straightforward and upward in the spirit. If you are struggling, it ain't in your spirit you're struggling in. It's in your flesh because there's only one way I can move in the spirit forward. I don't care if you knock my finances backward. Guess what? I still went forward. I don't care if you knock my children sideways. Guess what? They still went forward. I don't care if the situation looked like it took me back five steps. I still went. All things work together for the good of them that love God, that are called according to his purpose. I need somebody in here to preach this with me. It is called for you. You do not have to talk about what the enemy is doing. You can just keep facing God. Guess what God is doing while you're facing him? 
fighting your enemy. Y'all acting like I ain't in the Bible. But my Bible told me there was a man by the name of Moses. Yeah. That led a people out of Egypt. And they got to a water called the Red Sea. And they were stuck and couldn't move forward. And while they couldn't move forward, Pharaoh decided to chase after him. But the Bible says that there was an angel of the Lord that came. Down in the middle of Israel on one side and Egypt on the other, and it was light on Egypt's side while it was, I mean, dark on Egypt's side while it was light on Israel's side. How could that be? Because they were looking at his face, because he can face them both ways. How can the same God be in the same place and it be dark facing Egypt and light facing Israel unless he is a God of four faces? My God, no matter which way I turn, it's always four ways. Because I operate in fourth dimension, Moses. Tell the people stop crying about they're going to die in the wilderness and tell them to move forward. <clears throat> tell, but there's a sea right there, God, but I operate in fourth dimension. Tell them to move forward. But, God, there's no way we can cross the sea. But tell them, ah, because even what looks like it was a mistake, God, when you're dealing with a God that operates in fourth dimension, he'll part mistakes. And let you cross over. I need somebody to shout. Look at your neighbor, tell your neighbor, fourth dimension warfare. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you. I need you. I need you to get this. Because we can no longer go on talking about what the enemy is doing, what the devil is doing, what we got to fight off. I've seen a snake in my dream. Well, stomp on it. And don't talk about that dream no more. My agenda is the throne, not a snake. Why does the snake want my attention? Because he's cursed to the ground. Y'all miss what I just said. The only way I can look at him is if I stay focused on the ground. That's why he showed you a snake in the dream because the devil saw you getting glory. He saw you setting your eyes on the hills that were above. He saw God pouring light and glory, liberty and freedom on you. So you had a dream about a snake because he wants to bring you up perception. He wants to bring your attention back to the ground. But I shall look to the hills for which cometh Next snake you see in a dream, stomp on it. And don't tell nobody you dreamed about a snake. It don't matter. In this season, we don't have snake dreams. We have Joseph dreams. I wonder if there's anybody that read about Joseph lately. I saw a sheaf lifted up in the heavens. I saw the stars. This is a season God has given us the permission to stop dreaming like David and fighting and start dreaming like Joseph to where... This must be a moment where we transition out of Old Testament warfare mentality. 
We do not have to sit up and bind the devil for six hours. We don't. Why don't we? Because he's already de- He's thinking, God, you spent six hours binding him. He got the victory off of that. He already got the victory. We already got the victory. So if the victory belongs unto us, why would we take our eyes off the one who gave it to us? Amen. So what remains, and I need to to reiterate that. I needed to go back to the fourth. I I taught about fourth dimension, but God reminded me of that, that I had to reiterate that in this season. Because some of us are still trying to creep back into warfare. And you already lost the moment you start fighting. Amen. Because this ain't a time of warfare. This is a time of worship. This is a time where God is restoring the worship of his house. Seek my, how, what, how, how would a God be that tell you to face me and then allow your, my enemy to come and kill me? He wouldn't do that. No. The answer is he's a fourth dimension God. Now listen to me. What remains on the front of my mind, I remain in front of. If Jesus remains on the front of my mind, then Jesus is remaining in front of me. Y'all know that, right? If Jesus is remaining in the front of my mind, Jesus is remaining in front of me. If he's always in front of me, he faces whatever I face while I'm facing him. If he's always in front of me, he's facing whatever I face while I'm facing him. If he's always in front of me, he's facing whatever I face while I'm facing him. While I face him, he faces it, which means I'm facing it. When I'm facing it, I'm actually just facing him. God, I hope y'all get that. Make sure you go back and listen to that again. So facing it becomes a facing him experience, and he faces it for me. When we're marked on our forehead, no matter what we're facing, we're always facing God. Which means God is always facing our enemies through the principle of fourth dimension warfare, is what I call it. We're taking our warfare to the fourth dimension. The fourth dimension declares one thing, seek thy face. Seek thy face. Come on, somebody give God a hand clap of praise up in here. Now watch this. Watch this. <clears throat> it's so, so key. Amen. And I, let me just say this real fast. Going back to what I said, I want to say this, why I'm trying to pull us away from warfare so much. If I focus on the enemy, I forfeit his face. I wind up having to face an enemy that God wants to face for me through me seeking his face. That will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We forfeit our victory when we focus on our enemy instead of God's face. Our prayer agenda should never been written, should never be written by the devil. Sometimes he 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 does stuff right in front of you, says stuff right in front of you. Obviously, it's the enemy, just so he can choreograph your prayer. And we think we bind in him when he's the one who got us to pray about him. He'll no longer set the agenda. He'll no longer set the agenda. 
his face shall I seek. Watch this. Revelation 7 verse 3. It says here, let's go back here. I want to show you this. And I'm almost done. I don't have too much more. I was kind of short today. Watch this. Revelation 7 verse 3. Look at this. Saying, hurt not the earth, neither the sea, nor the trees, till we have sealed the servants of God in their foreheads. That word hurt comes from the Greek word adikeo. And I need y'all to understand what this word means. And we're going to go back into some meaning of some stuff. It means to violate others. It said, hurt not the earth. It means to violate. Don't release the uh, spirit where men violate each other. To wrong someone to their injury or hurt. Don't, re don't hurt the earth yet. Now that also entails hurt natural things. <clears throat> but that hurt also entails... <clears throat> The aptitude, releasing humanity to the aptitude to dog one another out, do each other wrong. Hey, I just read a story about a boy who walked in the grocery store, owned, and I think it was, I forget where it was, walked in the two boys walked in the grocery store owned by a, a, a husband and a wife, just a mom and pop shop, got the money, right? She, they handed the money to him. He still turns around and shoots him point blank range, kills the husband. And barely misses the wife. Why? They handed you the money. They did everything you told them to do. Why? Because it's just a how you know you you look at the fellow that was running um, um, medication. I forget his name. He just got some time jacking up medicine for HIV and cancer. Five hundred times. People already can't afford medicine, but he's saying, so what? I control it, and I'm gonna make it out. So he's jacking up prices, and they end up. Sending him, they find it, find him, and send him to jail. But just the, the just dogging people out, violating people, not not uh, releasing justice. Amen. It literally means to release injustice and violation of the rights of others. Hurt not the earth until we mark. The, the, the servants of God in their forehead. If you read the rest of that chapter, he begins to talk about, or into the next chapter, how the earth is hurt. The earth's ecology will be hurt with a third part of the trees being burned up and all grass. Amen. This is a part of what would happen when they blow uh, the earth. All uh, a third of the all the third of the trees will be burned up, and all there will be no green grass nowhere. Everywhere will be like New York. Amen. Right. And then, not also, not only that, the earth's water supply and marine business will be hurt with a third of the sea being turned to blood and a third of all fish and marine life dying in the sea. And then the earth's solar system, a third of the uh, earth's sunlight will be stricken. And instead of being sunlight for 12 hours, it will be sunlight for five, uh, excuse me, for eight hours. Amen. Right. So, so he said, but don't do it, amen, until you mark the servants of God in their forehead. So there will be massive shortages of natural resources. I mean, massive shortages. Everybody ain't going to be able to get it. This is where the injustice and the violation of the rights of others come in. Because if there is a shortage of water, guess who is getting it and who ain't? 
If there's a shortage of natural resources for medicine, guess who is getting it and who ain't? If there's a shortage of bread, guess who is getting it and who ain't? Amen? So people will die of sicknesses that they have medicine for simply because they are part of the have-nots. And we're saying that as if that ain't already happening. <laughs> That's already happening now. It's folk dying that ain't got to die now. Amen? People will be left to fend for themselves for water, food, and other necessities of life that are now given by the government. The government ain't going to always be able to assist because a third of it is going to be gone. Amen? But before any of this breaks out, the servants of God will be sealed on their forehead. They'll be marked by having God on the forefront of their mind, irregardless of how the earth is being hurt. So even though the earth is being hurt, it won't change their mind about how good God is. Even though the earth is being hurt, it will not change their worship. Even though the earth is being hurt, it will not change their posture. Even though the earth is being hurt, it will not change their confession. See, I believe this. I believe God always gives us opportunity to be sealed before we're stretched. God, I'm going to say that again. I believe God always gives us, I believe that is a prophetic insight into the fact that God always allows us to be sealed before we're stretched. Before we're hurt, he allows us to be sealed. And that's why you got so many people walking around with church hurt because they weren't sealed before they, they weren't sealed before. That's why you got so many people that can't get over a fence because they weren't sealed before they were offended. That's why you got so many people... Before we face trial and tribulation, or before that comes on the horizon, God always opens the book and releases us into environments that can mark us. Or you could have been marked. Some of you could have been marked. You could have been sealed if we say yes by faith to what's taking place in the atmosphere. See, some of us ain't been marked, but it ain't like it ain't been an environment where you could. What does the mark, see, this is where it gets serious. This is, this is where we can't play with it. What does the mark in your forehead do? It fortifies your worship. It protects your worship. It puts our worship in a dimension outside of earth's reach. Right? Hurt not the earth until you mark the servants of God in their forehead because are going, their worship is going to be outside of how the earth is being hurt. Right? Now, this is the key. If we're never marked by God, we will be marked by the enemy. This is where it gets serious. If we're never marked by God, we will be marked by the enemy. Whoever marks us has jurisdiction over our worship. What's the mark of the beast? That no man may buy nor sell unless they have the mark of the number of his name. And they put it in their forehead or their hand. So if God doesn't stay on, my forefront, on the forefront of my mind, what I can get in my hand does. Business, commerce, financial stability, saving up for the future, having a portfolio. That stays on the front front of my mind. Right? 
I, I got to be able to buy and sell. When I retire, I want to live good, travel good, eat good, go where I want to go, and that stays on the. Do you understand that's the mark of the beast? The key is that mark doesn't go on unbelievers. That go on believers in Christ that have never truly come into a marking, into a place where they've truly experienced the throne of God. How many believers do you know walk around on the forefront of their mind, their money, and how God is about to bless them with more money? And how God is going to bless them in their business. And how God is going to do. And there's nothing wrong with making money. There's nothing wrong with having business. There's nothing wrong with working hard. But that should not stay on the forefront of your mind. What is the most popular gospel right now? It is the pro. Amen. Your, your time has finally come. You're about to get all the money you could ever ask for and want. You're going to live good. And not to say that God won't bless you with money and finances or whatever, but you are not getting a message from Christ. You're getting a message from the beast. That's, that, that's, that, that's a beast that rolls up out of the sea that's trying to change what's on earth and make it not like it is in heaven. Those angels aren't up there saying, you're going to get some money. Oh, hallelujah. They do not mention Jehovah Jireh. Why do we so much? God, I, I, could, I could drop the mic. Boom, right there. Drop the mic. Heaven never mentions Jehovah Jireh. Why do we run around talking about him so much? When, in fact, Jehovah Jireh is not even a name for God. It is the name of the place where God provided Something to give back to him. When you're saying Jehovah Jireh, you're saying God gave me something to give back to him because he gave him a ram to sacra. To, you want Jehovah Jireh? You want him to give you some money so you can give it to the kingdom? See, that's a whole nother. I ain't even going to go there because we got some foolishness going on in the church. Foolishness. Would it tear up if I, I really just want to drop this thing? Let me say, hold it. Right? They're not saying Jehovah Jireh. They're saying, holy, holy, holy. The Lord God Almighty. Mighty, powerful, worthy to receive glory, honor, power, might, dominion. For you were slain and you have redeemed us from all kindred, tongue, and nation and made us kings and priests unto our God. And as they say, holy, 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 the 24 elders fall down from their seats and they cast their crown before him that sits before the throne and said, worthy is the Lamb of God. And all heaven breaks out in a new song and all of heaven, earth, and everything under earth hears the new song. What stays on the forefront of your mind? Your financial breakthrough? You better watch what's marking you. The money you're about to come, you better watch what's marking you. You're going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. And he don't want to hear Jireh. 
He don't want to hear you survived. Worthy to receive glory. I want you to know that it's very serious at this moment. In this atmosphere, with this truth being released, with this presence of God, that you make up in your mind, that I, you say in your heart, and your prayer becomes, God, mark me. My God, because if he don't mark you, the enemy is. And I'm going to deal with it on Sunday, what happens to those who get the mark and why, what, what type of worship they have. Though those that take the mark are not unbelievers. They are folk in church. They are believers who came into a backslidden system that called itself bride. But it's Mystery Babylon, the mother of harlots. Amen. And I wanted, I, I, I got to get back to that, and I got to deal with that, but I got to help you to understand that you're going to be marked one way or the other. Do you hear what I'm saying? You can't just say, I don't want God and I don't want the devil. One of them going to mark you. You're going to worship one or the other. And in actuality, we worship what we fear. Do you fear being broke? That's what you worship. I'm going to show it to you in the Bible. Do you fear you'll never get married? That's what you worship. There's only one thing God legally gives us a right to fear. Him. The fear of God is the beginning of and And we can't even stop there because that's just the beginning. That's elementary. You... See, we got to start knowing that when he says he'll send you to hell and let you burn forever, he means that, and he ain't going to give you no pass. I don't care how many never would have made it. I don't care how many Marvin Sapp songs you sing. I don't care how many Israel Newbury songs you sing. I don't care how many times you get goosebumps during concerts. God is still going to send you to the same hell he promised he's going to do. Until you know that, regardless, oh, I felt so good, but are you obeying God? If, if, if you don't, you can never come into the knowledge of God unless you first believe that. The fear of God is that's, and that is not where we start. Stop. That's just where we start. It's the beginning. One is going to mark you. One or the other is going to mark you. Amen. Do you feel like God has blessed you when you can put a picture on Facebook or you traveling somewhere and then you get excited because people know or think you made it and you say this is God's blessing on my life or do you get excited because you can get up at 5 a.m. in the morning and be passionate to seek the face of God in prayer I'm more excited when I can roll out of bed at 4:15 because I know if I seek him Lord he is a rewarder of those that did it I'm more excited about the fact I understand the reality I'm not just getting up and wasting time like people who are blind I'm not just getting up and losing sleep but I'm actually getting up because I'm about to press in to the kingdom of God and God is going to respond to my prayers and he's going to inhabit my prayer I've been marked. I'm excited about that. I'm excited about that. I'm excited that I know when I open this book, he's going to speak to me. I'm excited when I ask for wisdom, he's going to give me wisdom. I know it. 
I'm excited that everything that's happening to me that I don't like is still going to work for my good, and I know it. I'm excited because I know he never leaves me nor forsakes me. He's with me. He leads me. He guides me and all. I'm excited. One or the other is going to mark you. There were two houses built. There is the hearer of the word who builds his house on the sand. And there is the hearer and doer of the word that builds his house on the rock. And then the storms came. See, it don't matter if you truly a believer or not. Both go through the same storm. But both, the, the storm don't have the same impact on both. What impact is the earth being hurt having on you? What I'm telling you is we're entering into glory, but we're also going to proceed with that persecution. You cannot get glory without getting persecution. Because there's one thing that the church, the religious church has a problem with. Y'all get this? The one thing that the religious church has a problem with is with people who actually truly love God. No, that, and nothing else makes them mad. If you bless the Lord for your blessing, they ain't got a problem with that. If you bless them for your breakthrough that he brought you out, that he took you through, none of that. But when you just say, I love God, and you begin to live a life that challenges their false declarations of their love for God, they'll hate you. I love God just like you do. I just don't do it. No, 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 no. You hate me. Right. And you should love your brother. He that doeth righteousness... Is born of God. How are you going to hate me and you know I'm doing righteous? Why do you hate me? Because you don't love him. And, and there has to be a testimony in the earth of what the love of God looks like. Everybody standing to your feet.